Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a simulcast. Uh, this is going to be an episode of Hey, It's Me, Paul with Paul Kilmer. It's also going to be an episode of Pro Wrestling Nation with Funky Sam Medina with special guest Paul Kilmer. Yeah. How you doing, Paul? No problem. I'm just going to close my door. All right, you guys, Paul's going to close his door. He is no longer open for business. Yes. Mr. Kilmer. He starts the podcast and then the uh then his guest leaves immediately i know that was the shortest interview ever well thank you everybody thank you for your time paul have a good day i will so paul <laughs> uh we've already established so before we get into stuff um if you want to listen to more of paul check out hey it's me paul hosted by paul kilmer with me uh, i i kind of produced the show and check out pro wrestling nation if you're on the other side of the fence uh, this is my wrestling podcast. Uh, I think I haven't, it's been like three weeks since I've done like anything. Uh, Pratik. Pratik was my last guest, and it was really fun. It was really fun. I look forward to having a lot more comics on. Uh, Pratik and I talked a lot about wrestling, a lot of cool wrestling fun stuff. Um, but I'm going to get to a little bit differently with Paul today. Hey, Paul, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Sam. Hell yeah, Paul. Thanks for being here. Like I said, it's been like three weeks since I recorded anything, so I'm super happy to record, especially with you. It's yeah, I'm I'm excited. Actually, two birds with one stone. Yes. That is that uh, politically correct? No, no. You should you should always try to aim for more birds. Okay. Try always try to get as many birds with one stone as possible. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So, Paul, we've already established on Hey It's Me, Paul, that you were born and you grew up in Connecticut. Yes. So for me, uh, growing up. I, you know, I've always loved living in California, of course. California's awesome. But I've always been jealous of the East Coast, even to this day, because there's so much more wrestling on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Well, what was it like? So, so, um, I guess to get started, uh, how old were you when you got into wrestling and how did you get into it? Holy crap. That is a fantastic question. Um, That's what everybody. Good night. I'm just thinking, but also trying not to choke. Um, Chokes this isn't professional. Anyway, so. Good. <laughs> sure. Right now I am. Um, so, <laughs> um, so it. I have this theory because I can never just answer a question. Mm-hmm. Wrestling is something that is passed down to you like a gift. So for me, wrestling was passed to me by my dad. My dad and my uncles would always used to go watch professional wrestling in Madison, Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. Because we were they we lived in Connecticut, so they just drove up. So um I was introduced to wrestling at a very young age. Um, Obviously, this was the 80s. This was the height of the 80s. So we're talking uh, Andre the Giant. Well, he was still able to um, perform. We're talking about Macho Man Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase. We're talking about, like, the legends. And... um, uh, Talking about Mick Foley? 
uh, watch oh, well, Luca jump off a steel cage. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's amazing because that's really how it starts. It all start. I think it all starts when you're a kid, and uh, professional wrestling has that unique factor where it just grabs your imagination, and especially when you're a kid and you're like. I want to do that. And most of us grow out of it, but some of us don't. And that's how we end up with professional wrestlers. It's how we end up with Kevin Owens. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Steen. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I've been a wrestling fan just as long as anything else. So I, I wholeheartedly believe that my dad passed that down to me, you know, because it was just something, he, it would just always be on in the house. It's like, it was just one of those things that we would always used to watch together, that and like old 50s horror movies. And any, you know, uh, any specific like memories of uh, the beginning of getting into wrestling? Um, the earliest memory I have was one of the times uh, Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan were Hulk Hogan slammed. It wasn't the first one. It, it was like a rematch. It had to. I was born in 1983. So it was definitely I remember us watching the pay-per-view and Hulk Hogan. I remember being terrified of Hulk Hogan because he came down the aisle screaming and <laughs> that that overwhelmed my like it could have been yeah over you know three because that wasn't 86 and if your dad was watching it as far back as you can remember you could have been three years old yeah and you know i remember my dad's favorite wrestler being like macho man and vader and all those um all those wrestlers and you know, and back then there were territories. So, yeah. So it's like Vince McMahon, the WWE, it's home bases in Stanford, Connecticut. So, you know, oh, which is close to you. Well, it's about uh, 45 minutes away. It's close um, to you than it is to me. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you're, yeah, you're right. I was just trying to think of something else that might be near you, but. <laughs> the Arco got the arena. whole California. Yeah, I got the um, arena. It's not, not the big video. <laughs> um, but you know, I I've always been sort of like an indie wrestling fan too, because my dad used to take me out to like um, the independent shows when we were really young, before things got bad. It's got bad recently, Paul. Yeah. Um, what was your first? Do you remember your first live show? That is interesting. I don't remember the shows my dad took me to, so I don't count those because I was too young. The first show I remember, my stepdad Justin brought me to see ECW live in Bristol, Connecticut, at a place called The Sting. Wow, ECW live. ECW Live. I've he never went, had the pleasure. What was the date of the show? I don't know. I was so long ago. It, it, I had to be 14 or 15. So we're talking 1999, 2000. 
uh, it was Taz was still wrestling because he he was one of the wrestlers on the card, and we saw ECW three times, and um, so we're talking. Crazy. I've never seen yeah. live. Um, tell us what you can remember about ECW shows. Oh man, ECW for, for one, it's it's such an experience. Atlas Security is outside. Uh, they check you real good for obviously obvious reasons. To make sure you have right? Huh? Make sure that you're bringing weapons. No, no, they were taking weapons away because Atlas Security was there to make sure the company didn't get sued. But I used to have a wallet chain back when I, you know, during my teenage years, and they made me take the chain off the wallet and uh they confiscated dreamer huh they made you no that would have been awesome but they confiscated the chain off my wallet did you get it back yeah yeah at the end but um and then uh you go in you get your nachos and and it was so awesome because, like, the undercard, the dark matches were all people that ended up making it to WWE during that time, like Rey Mysterio, it, you know, because, you know, Rey Mysterio was coming up, you well, know. And, Rey Mysterio was well established in WCW. Yeah, but it's just like, um, he wrestled in ECW for a little while. He did yeah, he did like ninety five. Yeah, and so I remember um, my uh, just a you know a quick side note. Uh, me and my stepdad were waiting outside the venue for it to open up, and Taz rolls up in his big truck and just walks right into the venue. All the wrestlers would just park and they would walk into the venue, and depending on if they were a good or a bad guy, the good guys would come over you know say hi but the bad guys just walk right into the thing it was really fun experience now that i think back on it because it just shows you how much wrestling has changed over the years but as for the very first the very first show that i went to the grand the 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 grand finale was bam bam bicolo versus rvd for rvd's tv title because you know he had that thing for ever yeah he won it from bam bam was it when he won it i have no idea that would have been cool i i I, I, I know he did win it from bam bam and uh i remember all the cards were good there uh the taz raven tommy dreamer the the dudley all the dudleys were like big dick dudley and all those all the all the Dudley boys were there. Well, most of them. Um, you know, Joey Stott. Go ahead. Funny is uh, my first wrestling event was in it was in '93, so it was a different time frame. But the main event had Bam Bam Bigelow in it. Oh, sweet! Yeah, it was WWF Superstars, and the main event was uh, Bam Bam Bigelow versus WWF Champion Bret the Hitman Hart. Oh, whoa! Did he put the sharpshooter on him? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Hell yeah. I don't expect anything else because um, he was the best there was. A few other things too, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I, it, was, it was really interesting because it's like I remember 
there's so much energy in the everybody. Yeah. Everybody was having such a good time and all the wrestlers knew how to push the right buttons to get the, it was the reason I always equate wrestling with my love of magic, you know, anytime when you go watch entertainment, when you're watching anything, comedy, magic, wrestling, if you, if the entertainer can hook you emotionally, I find that the audience likes it better, Mm -hmm. but you know, and the fact that my stepdad, he told me, it's like, I had to fight to get third row seats. And he did. We got third row. We were third row from the ring. Wow. And he looked at me and he says, we're in throwing distance. And I was just like, yeah, sure. And Bam Bam Bickelow threw RVD out of the ring and he hit two rows in front of us and we all went down like dominoes. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna do that nowadays, but that's no. cool. It, but um, and, and it's so funny. The second time we saw ECW, uh, it was RVD versus Sabu was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah. The Sting's not a the Sting's kind of like it's like it's like it used to be an old nightclub, and the ring was in where the uh, dance floor was. It was kind of like um. You had balconies and, you know, New Jack threw someone off one of them. But um, I remember that specifically because he almost landed on someone. It was a big deal. And um, and um, but, uh, so new. Uh, so RVD versus Sabu, the ring was average ring, ring, ring height. But the ceiling, if you got up on the top rope, you could push the ceiling tile. Okay, I've seen shows like that before. So, so what ended up happening is uh, Sabu planted RVD on a table, and Sabu got a ladder out of the ring, and he ran up the ladder, and he knocked the ceiling tile out. So he was standing on top of the ladder, but you couldn't see him because he was in the ceiling. Wow. And I don't know how he did this. He came through another tile. And went through the table. But you know that guy with RVD? Yeah, Bill O'Fallon. Yeah, he pulled RVD off the table. What? He but, Sabu. No, I know. They, they, he was cheating for both of them. Oh, okay. He would, he would cheat on behalf of RVD, and then he would cheat on behalf of Sabu. Because he managed both of them for most of their career. Yeah, and w. it was so crazy because... RVD won the match. Hell yeah. But it was so crazy. So you couldn't see when, when Sabu was on the ladder, you couldn't see him anymore. And how the hell he knew to come down? Because he couldn't sit. We couldn't see him, and he definitely couldn't see through the ceiling tile. So how he knew how to jump through that tile to go through the table, that's amazing. That is amazing. I was like, Ugh. It's like it was impossible. I bet the building then, was pissed. Yeah, they probably had more ceiling tiles. That's but true. They probably do. I I saw Sabu do things. I, I I remember when he broke. I saw the footage footage of him when he broke his neck. 
Oh he, yeah. He, Is that he, no, not in person, but I saw the footage. It's like he got slammed and he just slid out of the ring and ran into the backstage. And I'm like, if I broke my neck, I probably would have be crying for him to just get <laughs> up, for him to just get up and run to the back. A lot of it is um, adrenaline. Mm. Like I saw this one match. It was a barbed wire match between Sabu and I think Terry Funk. Oh, and, classic. Um, he got such a bad gash in his arm and it was like bleeding like, really bad and he just got some super glue and just super glued it like right there on the spot and then wrapped it up and just continued yeah that's what they used to do in the hospitals they used to have like that solvent that they put in your wounds to make them and it, it's so funny because how brutal everything was um i i wasn't present for this but my dad my stepdad used to get the uh record the pay-per-views okay yeah me too and uh, on the VHS players, and he says, it's like, you got to check out this incident with the um, steel chairs. And I was like, and I don't know where it was, but it's like the steel chair incident. It was Nick Foley and some other guy. And Nick Foley called for chairs and the entire audience threw their folding chairs into the ring. I experienced that one time. I was on crew. I was on... Um... The, the production crew of this uh, independent wrestling company called All Pro Wrestling, APW. And um, they were, it was, it really, it really did have an ECW feel to them. It was such amazing energy when you're at the shows. And I was in the production crew. So I was, I was uh, running the cables, which means I had to be behind, the, I had to be behind the cameraman and I had to either give him slack or, or take away slack. And just yeah. wherever he went, I had to be behind him. And at one point, there was an incident because I was next to the ring and there was an incident where, uh, all the fans are throwing their chairs in the ring, and there is literally a chair that's going over my head. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it can't be the safest feeling. No, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. It was it was surreal, and it was awesome, but at the same time, you're like, oh, is one of those chairs going to hit me in the head, you know? Yeah. But luckily, and then um, another thing. Um, so, yeah, I have, you know, uh, you know, my stepdad came into my life. He, he was, he's like, uh, you know, the thing, big brothers, big sisters. Yeah. Well, he, he's a very close personal friend of mine that kind of like stepped in when my dad, you know, left, but the, the, he used to take me to all these wrestling events and he used to have these basement tapes of the sixties and seventies. And one of the wrestlers that always stuck out to me was Abdullah, the butcher and uh bruiser brody man these people would shred their foreheads oh yeah you know what i mean yeah. and it was like it was almost disgusting to watch it's like um brian knobs man if you look at the foreheads of some of these wrestlers like have you ever seen new jack's forehead Rest oh in yeah peace. absolutely Rest in peace, new jack and um new jack's was, head looks like I don't even know how to describe it, man, but it like it, there's it looks like, like somebody took a cheese grater to it, and that's what happened in one of his matches. Somebody took a cheese grater. Yeah. A legend. Johnny Rotten and Axel and all those guys, man. They it was just brutal, man. I remember one time I was watching ECW and somebody pulled out a fork and it was just eh, yeah. Dull the butcher too. That was what he was known for. He's in a fork. He didn't even hide it. He's, you know, it's like. Um, so, Sam, what's your favorite match of all time? My favorite match of all time, um, probably 
I would say, like, without having to sit here and think for a few minutes, the first thing that comes to my mind would be uh, Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect SummerSlam 91. Oh, um, my, I don't know dates and things, but my favorite wrestling match of all time was Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon in the, their ladder match. WrestleMania 10. Yeah, it was. That's an iconic match. It was my favorite match of all time. Another good match of mine, another Razor Ramon was him versus one, two, three kid, Sean Waltman mm-hmm. and one, two, three kid upset him. And I, I remember that. I, that was like 93. I was yeah. like 12. You were a little, you're a little few years younger than me. I yeah. was like 12 or something. And um, I, I do remember that storyline. It was a really good one. And it really shocked me because yeah. the kid beat him. Right. And that's really shocking. Like, cause and, he, and, Jobber, and Jobber's, you know, the enhancement talent guys, you know, when I was a kid, like a kid, kid, I used yeah. to the enhancement talent guys, the jobbers, whatever. I used to call them volunteers. I thought they were just like pull from the audience and, and, yeah. just, you know, go ahead and bring up this wrestler and get your ass kicked. Um, but yeah, so, so one, so the lightning kid, he, he beat Razor Ramon and then Razor Ramon begged him to, for a rematch. And he's like, no, I'm not going to have a rematch with you. And then he's like, I'll give you $10,000 just to step in the ring with me. He's like, okay, okay, let's do it, you know? And then halfway through the match, the kid slid out of the ring, he grabbed the money, and he just ran. He ran to his car, and he got in his car and drove off. And that was, like, one of the first times for me seeing, like, backstage, seeing them outside the ring. And yeah. that, that, blew, that blew my mind. So that was good times. That was good times. Yeah. And it's so, so funny um, because my – uh, Step that had access to all these tapes. I was introduced to guys like Larry Zabisco when he was wrestling, um, Coco Beware, um, Ernie the Cat, like all these uh, Ernie Lad, yeah, man. All these people, he had all these tapes, and you know, Bruno San Martino and his uh, son, and uh, the you know. Uh, the Von Erics and he had tapes from different uh, areas. Yeah. Different. And um, yeah, I was always a fan of the uh, Madison Square Garden matches. And uh, have you seen Rest- uh, Madison Square Garden live? No, I want to though. Um, Me too. Uh, Actually, it's interesting. I think I've seen more VHS of wrestling in my life. Like, <laughs> you know, VHS wrestling back, back uh, underground tapes. <laughs> yeah, really, they really are. Um, I didn't get to enjoy a lot of the older stuff until like later on when WWE owned it and it was more readily available, like the world class stuff. And oh, and, yeah, uh, you know. Um, yeah, uh, I like um, a, big, a big place for wrestling back in the day. Uh, APW used to sell a lot of St. Louis DVDs. Oh yeah, I mean they I like Rocky really Mountain cool. wrestling too. What was that? Rocky Mountain. Oh, Rocket. Yeah. yeah. Nice. nice. I like Jerry the King Waller. He was my He's top five favorite. One of my favorite things is, um, of course, the Jerry Lawler Andy Kaufman, right? Of course. Oh that's- God. Yeah, that's fantastic. But one of my favorite things was um, I there. There's a it's an empty arena match, mm-hmm. and it's Jerry Lawler versus Terry Funk 
from like the 70s and it's it's it might be like the early 80s i'm not 100 sure but it's one of my favorite things i've ever seen in wrestling i uh i can send it to you okay. on youtube so my six favorite wrestlers of all time okay. i have i chose six and you're gonna be very surprised it's gonna go and this is in no particular order i liked honky tonk man Jerry Lawler. I liked Jimmy Superfly Snooka, Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, and my all-time favorite wrestler um, was actually Billy Kidman because the shooting star press is one of my favorite moves. And I have the most weirdest, most random wrestler list of all time you might be the only person that has billy kidman as a favorite wrestler of all time but that's okay. i do i do i i love the fact that he was doing a move that now every high flyer has in their arsenal but he he was he, yeah in the 90s nobody else did a shooting star press oh i i don't know if he invented it that seems like it would have probably came from japan or something yeah, I, don't I don't think he invented it i'm sure they were doing it elsewhere just not an american television yeah. And then um, just recently, like five or six years ago, I started watching New Japan and I thought I knew wrestling. And I realized I quickly realized that, you know, this this is nuts. They're actually really beating the crap out of each other. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about the New Japan strong style. Yeah. Especially if you've never seen it before. It's it's brutal. What you should really be doing is looking on YouTube and looking for like um japanese matches from like the 80s like those are oh really, yeah those are really yeah. Cool, yeah the giant baba yeah i know i i've seen it uh yeah. girls is when you were a kid yeah i mean it's just like the slaps oh my god just the resonance you know just oh man it may like when they slap each other you're like mm, you can feel it what was your like, first um wwe show Oh man, that's hard. My first, the, my live one. I actually yeah, been to. More, I've actually been more. I've actually been more to WCW and ECW than Raw. I've been oh. to more Raws than anything else because that's what just happens to come to Connecticut. Yeah. But uh, I think the last Raw I saw. Uh, Seth Rollins was a good guy. Samoa Joe had just come back. Okay, okay. So like 19, 18 or 19, something like that. Yeah, that's the last time we went. I don't know. Yeah, Roman was still being Roman was still hated. He was just he was trying to be a face. Well, I'm no, I'm more curious now about WCW. I have only been to one WCW show in my entire life. It was the Oakland Coliseum, no, the Oakland Arena, and um, it was a cool night. Uh, the main event was uh, Hogan versus Flair, Hollywood Hogan versus Flair in a cage in a first blood match. Yeah. So what um, were these WCW shows you went to? Okay, so they were all in Boston at the Fleet Center. Okay. Uh, so the first one I went to uh, – Sting had just turned Hollywood Hogan's 
uh, assistant into a zombie. No, I, I have to take that back. Ultimate Warrior had just Warrior. come back. Turn of the Disciple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 98. Yeah, I. that's the one I went to where the Ultimate Warrior was up in the balcony and he um, did all that. Um, I, we got, I saw Chris Benoit. Um, uh, Dean Malenko. Yeah, he should, uh, should not, shall not be named. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, th- th- he was on the card. I actually have a fun. No, Chris Ben. I don't care. I, 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 fun- I mean, he was a great wrestler, you know. Yeah, anyway. that's what people say, but it's still weird after you bring them up. Um, and then, uh, that so there's there's that. I saw Dean Malenko was on the card because it was like the normal wrestlers, and they every single match was interrupted by the NWO. <laughs> Hell because I was like, I was younger. I just wanted to see one full match where the NWO didn't interrupt. Was the fun but they interrupted every single match. What's the fun and I remember I got so angry because I, I like I was a kid. I was just like, come on, I just came here to watch wrestling. And they did exactly their job because... I remember when Hacksaw Jim Duggan was the only one who wasn't a part of the NWO at one point. <laughs> look at this. Look at this logo I have, Paul. Oh, sweet. Anyway, nobody else can see it. It's a, it's a oh, NWO logo. That's so cool. Yeah. For life. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently not. But yeah, now it's in the archived. They're all in the Hall of Fame, so yeah, it, it, it is good life. And I ain't going to stop anytime soon. So do you think they're going to let China in the Hall of Fame? Uh, she technically is in the Hall of Fame. I oh, wish sweet. she could have done it while she was still alive. Um, yeah. You know, so she could have enjoyed it, but, you know, she's in. They uh, they they included her with the Degeneration X induction. That's bullshit. She should have her own. She should. I don't think she ever will, though. Yeah, she better. Way of going around it is by putting her wait until she dies and then putting her with the ex. That's their way around it. Like I'm not condoning it, but I just that's what I think their their mindset. Yeah. Yeah. China was she was really dope and she really didn't deserve um the exit that she had, the ending to her WWE career that she had. Yeah. Um just because Triple H was uh banging Stephanie and just trying to kind of get rid of her. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really um I mean, I didn't know her personally. Oh, yeah. Well, that'd be funny if you guys were best friends. Um, no, that'd be great. That'd be such a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> Have you met any pro wrestlers? Yeah, um, I met a lot uh, when WrestleMania came to town in 2015. But then also, like, I, I've gone to conventions and things. Um, we went to this convention in... Uh, I was with Athena. So it wasn't, you know, super long ago. It was like 2011, 2012, something like that. We went to this convention. It was a big convention, like a once a year kind of a convention. Yeah. Um, there, everybody was there. Oh, everybody was there. I remember. I remember there was this guy, and he was. T- uh, I, I kept seeing him. I didn't know who he was, but then I heard him talking, and it was Lanny Poffo, and I knew as soon as I heard his voice, it was the genie. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, he didn't have a beard or anything, and he didn't look like him at all. I mean, he looks, you know, you can tell now because he's been like that for a few years. But it was the first time that I really saw him uh, in a long time. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, so, so like, that day, I met a few wrestlers, like, kind of here and there. Like, like I was wearing a Cole Cabana shirt, right? And Cole Cabana right. came over and started talking to us. It was funny because Athena had, you know how sometimes women will, like, cut up the shirts? So she cut the neck because I bought her a Cole Cabana shirt. And she had cut the neck to where the neck was a little bit more low cut. It wasn't like showing anything, but it was a little more yeah. just low cut. Um, she cut the collar off, basically. Yeah. And Cole Cabana walks over to us. And I was wearing the Cabana Rana bandana, the kind of Banorama on yeah. my forehead. And he walks over to us and he looks at her and he's like, did you sexify my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to like briefly talk to mickey james um as she was going somewhere i like talked to her for a second i gotta talk right. to D for a minute i'm um, just like you know he was just standing there and i was just like how's it going and then so check this out this is the crown jewel of it all uh before i tell you that i'm gonna tell you something else so virgil was there oh god and this is like you know when he was developing um his reputation of what he has now right yeah. you know and be, i didn't really know about him yet and so me and my friend are walking. Wait, who? Well, me and my cousin, my cousin Brian. We were walking, and uh, Virgil was. I think I'm mixing conventions up. So I think this was Ian. I think this is a different time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I was walking with somebody, and Virgil goes, "Hey, you want an autograph?" And how much? And he was like, 20 bucks." And I was like, "I don't got twenty bucks." And he goes, "How much you got?" <laughs> you know, Virgil's always willing to take a bargain. So. So Virgil was not, as far as I know, as far as I know, right, I was not involved in any paperwork or any planning or any booking. Uh, but as far as I know, Virgil was not invited to this convention. Uh, Virgil rented a table, as far as I know. Uh, oh, yeah. He had a big sign, which he must have stolen from some convention years ago that said, WWF Superstar Ted DiBiase and Virgil. Uh, there was no Ted DiBiase there. It was just Virgil, right? <laughs> he had the big sign behind him. It said WWE Superstar Ted DiBiase and Virgil. And um, so at this point, Athena and Brian and I are outside, and we're just chilling. And so this convention, so during the day, it's a convention, and then there's like a three-hour intermission, and then there's a wrestling show at night, right? Yeah. So we're, we're going outside. We don't have anywhere to go, so we're just kind of hanging out. And we're just standing outside the building and and you see this car pull up and a wrestler walk out get in the car and it drives off and then another car pulls up right he gets in the car the car drives off right another car pulls up mickey james walks out she gets in the car the car drives off right and there's this hotel across the street it's like a busy highway but there's a hotel yeah. across the street and they're taking all the wrestlers back to the hotel so they can shower you know whatever and so they're taking the wrestlers all back to the hotel. And then Virgil comes out of the building with his little bag with the wheels on it. And he just walks all the way through the parking lot. And he jaywalks to the hotel across the street. And nobody was giving Virgil a ride to the hotel. Nobody was. <laughs> anyway, so while we're out there, the owner of the company um, of, of the that we, you know, that was putting this convention on, he his car pulls up. I know him, you know, because I used to go to the shows a lot and stuff. And, yeah. And so I said hi to him, whatever. And so then he comes out uh, with Bret Hart, right? Bret Hart's my favorite of all time. Oh, yeah. He comes out with Bret Hart. And he walks Bret Hart over to the car. And Bret Hart, he, Bret Hart gets into the, into the passenger seat. And the dude goes back into the building. 
And we're just standing there. There's not many. There's a few people around. There's not many people around. And I go, should I go over there and say hi to him? He's just sitting there. He's just sitting in the car. He's got nowhere else to go. And my cousin's like, do it. And so I just walked up to the window. And, you know, you always think, like, what am I going to say if I ever meet my hero? Like, what am I going to say? You know, yeah. how am I going to approach him? You know what I said? What? I go, hey, Hitman. <laughs> I walked up to Bret Hart and I go, hey, Hitman. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, well, it's my 30s, you know. Yeah. My mid, early to mid 30s. <clears throat> and I, and I, Stayed there for like five minutes and I talked to Brett and I told him, you know, how much I loved his career and, and things like that. And I didn't take too much of his time and I walked away and stuff. But uh it was really it was really cool to just stand there just one on one time with Brett Hart just for a couple minutes. It was amazing. Was he uh how was he? He was super cool. He he I mean as far as I know, he liked talking to me. It seemed like it. That's good. It, yeah. It's all it, and that's my actually experience with a lot of wrestlers. They're just they 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 enjoy to talk like um, um, me and my stepdad. We got tickets to see Ring of Honor and um, a guy. It's so funny. And um, what's his name? And oh, man, people are going to kill me. I have such a bad. It's only with names. Uh, But he's like. um, Well, anyway, uh, no, it's like Lance. No, it's like Lance something, and he's like a real man's man or something like that. Lance Archer? Uh, yeah, something. He has a big old mustache, and he's That's a bad guy. Auto. How know. recent is this? Uh, this was like three or four years ago. Okay, it might be Lance Dorado. Is that a name? Well, making that up? No, uh, I don't I don't know, but uh, we were standing... I, I honestly don't know, but okay, good because Lance Bass is from NSYNC. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I can find it. I'll, just, I'll look it up. Anyways, go ahead and talk about Lance. I'll I'll look it up. We'll both look it up at the same time. Oh, this will make great radio. I know. So yeah, I was telling. Uh, so I guess Athena has a story about uh, something that she likes to make fun of me about. Sweet. But what I meant. A certain wrestler. You want me to oh, you want me to? Yeah. Oh, from here? I mean, probably from closer to the mic. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so we were at one of these um, conventions, like Sam said, and uh, I think we were just approaching or we came back from a break or something. But as we were going through the front doors, uh, Terry Funk came in and <laughs> he was ahead of us. And Sam we was like, outside. Sam was like, that's Terry Funk. And I'm like, well, go, go tell him hello. And as he's at Sam, like goes up to him and he's, he's approaching him very cautiously. And he goes, excuse me, Mr. Funk. And then Terry Funk turns around and like acknowledges him and, and, you know, says hi and stuff. But ever since then, I always go, excuse me, Mr. Funk to Sam, because he said it's so polite, like the sweetest kid ever. And I was like in my thirties, <laughs> but like, it takes you back to being a kid, you know, when you see yeah. people like, like I called Terry Funk, Mr. Funk, 
Yeah. But then my all-time favorite wrestler of all time, I said, hey, Hitman. You know, like, yeah. it's just you just treat the people the way that they want to be treated, I guess. You know, I feel like I don't push for hard to say, hey, Hitman. And, but I feel like if I approach Terry Funk, it's more like, hey, Mr. Funk, excuse me, Mr. Funk. You know what I mean? I, I found the name. Is it Lance it, Bravado? No, it's Silas Young. Oh, okay. I know Silas Young. Everybody was outside after the show, and he and a bunch of other wrestlers were—they were all just having a big conversation. And it's like it's really cool, and you know they're people, and you know uh, it's—I remember that very. uh, There was another time where we went to go see TNA, and we we went to a T Applebee's of all places, and uh, shout out to Applebee's, give Sam money, and um, uh. And every single wrestler that was on the card was eating at Applebee's. And my stepdad was yelling all of their stuff. And I'm like, they're eating. They're eating. So their abyss was in there. Um, Robert Rude was in there. Just like Eric Young came over to our table because my stepdad kept screaming stuff. And... I had, a, I had a similar experience with TNA, actually. Yeah. Uh, where was this located this, when this happened? This one was in Massachusetts. Okay, nice. No, it was at a college. It was at a college arena somewhere in Connecticut near Massachusetts. What was the event? You remember? Uh, it was just the t- taping of um, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's cool. And I remember that uh abyss was there and then when he got up you saw how big he really is in person yeah you know know what when i met abyss because my friend and i like we hung out with abyss and like well you know he said next time you guys come here i'll buy you a beer remind me um when we were leaving from him and no we hung out with abyss and that dude does not look on TV as big as he is because he is a big person in real life. He is. And he's so nice because when I said all the wrestlers, all the wrestlers came over and they were like, oh, thanks for coming out. They they were really supportive. Robert Rude came, (laughs) Robert Rude was the only one who didn't come over, but I think that because he was being a, he was a bad guy. You know what I mean? But everybody but Robert Rude. I mean, when he, when my stepdad said something to Robert Rudy, obviously, you know, he's like, I'm trying to eat. And I was like, understandable. But all the wrestlers came over and said, it's like, oh, we'll see you at the show, but not him. And I get it because he was a, he was a bad guy. He was doing, he was doing, he was kayfabe in it. So that was, that was nice to see too. You don't see wrestlers kayfabing it a lot nowadays. And then when I met Kevin Nash uh, at the TNA, um, after the TNA show, yeah, uh, on October, I was like, "Hey, Kev, can I get one of these?" And yeah. It was great. Yeah, and I I've actually met Kevin Nash. You, it's so funny because uh, the high school shows here in Connecticut, they always make sure to get like a like a like a like a legend. And a lot of times, it's uh, Tito Santana comes out, but Kevin Nash actually he doesn't wrestle. He has like a table and he sells it. But it's really cool because it's like just around here. I've met a lot of really 
like like Tito, but it's funny. Tito Santana still wrestles, man. He can yeah. still go, man. Oh my yeah. god, he came off the top rope on this guy. It was great. So uh, I have this interview with Tito Santana. I got to put it back up because it was on my old podcasts that aren't up anymore. Um, but it was such an incredible interview. He's an amazing dude. Um, I I had uh, I probably won't, I'll probably tell you that off the air actually. What I should but uh, that, but um, he's such a cool dude. He really is. I really like him. Um, there was another one at a, a wrestling show. There are a couple of places. Uh, there are a couple organizations in Connecticut who are able to book because it's such a close jump to WWE. Like uh, Jeff Hardy was there signing autographs, and he was hurt at the time. He wasn't on the bill, but he was he was billed to be on the show, but he had hurt himself. He had hurt his neck, so he signed autographs and. Such a nice man, such a nice, nice guy. He just, he just sat there. He, you know, he, he's charged. He, he was charging people. The other wrestlers were charging like a hundred bucks a thing, and he was like, "No, just give me like whatever you can." And like Virgil, no, Jeff Hardy. No, as he, he was acting like Virgil. <laughs> yeah, well, you- people, people wanted to. The difference is, is people wanted to give Jeff Hardy money. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably true. But no, he, he was so nice. And it's like, you just go up to him and say, Hey, it's like, how you doing? And you know, uh, Havoc was there. The female wrestler Havoc was there. Uh, oh, she just got engaged. Yeah. She just got engaged yeah. like yesterday. I think to Sammy Callahan. Oh, nice. Shout out to Havoc and Sammy Callahan. We, uh, we went to a <laughs> wrestle. What was it? WrestleCon. We went to WrestleCon, WrestleCon. in 2015. And, um, at some point, we were like, I think it was a, like, I'm not sure why. Maybe we wanted to walk out because during the matches, you know, the hallways are kind of empty, you know. And so we went out into the hallway for some reason. I don't remember everything why. Everything was all closing up soon. And like, um, yeah, it was getting ready to be over and everything. I think it might have been the main event. Um, it was the main event, though, because I was already in Sabu. I remember watching that. Anyway, um, we ended up hanging out with Havoc. Athena and I were like, we like should, shot the shit with Havoc for like, 20 minutes half an hour all we said is you were great and then she came over and just kept yeah talking yeah <laughs> she kind of approached us like we said hi to her and then she kind of like came over to us and was like talking to us yeah no all the wrestlers i've actually ever met were really cool i've never had i've i've actually i've heard stories i've never actually had a negative experience with a pro wrestler I have. Because I just, story. I also do. It's like I, it's like I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, you know, thanks for coming. And then, you know, I don't take things seriously because you don't know if they, you know, they have to be on a flight. But it's just, you know, um, I, I had a 20 minute converse. I showed um, Tommy Dreamer a card trick. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We all got to take yeah. pictures uh, with the wrestler in the ring. Was this one of your local events? Yeah, Nick Foley was there. A lot of people were there. It was a fundraiser for a little kid. And uh, I got in the ring, and uh, Tommy Dreamer was taking pictures. And I says, it's like, you like card tricks? And he's like, I love card tricks. And I, do, do the, I did a card tricks, and he gave me an extra picture. So somewhere there's a picture of me spreading a deck of cards, and Tommy Dreamer just has a chair over his head ready to hit me. 
I wish I still oh, I had. Find that. I want to see that picture. That's cool. I look terrified, but um, and it's so funny because when we were in the when we were getting in, we got into the ring. This place didn't have stairs. You didn't. They didn't have stairs, so you had to figure out a way into the ring. It is the hardest thing in the world to get into a wrestling ring without stairs. Yeah. And Tommy's like, Tommy's like, just roll in. Just roll in. Well, yeah, Tommy's done it a million times. You've done it never. Just roll in. Yeah. And then you got to touch the ropes. Those things don't bounce. <laughs> no, definitely don't. That's why when people are training, they have like welts on their arms and their yeah. sides. But it, it was so fun. That was a fun one. And I guess Tommy took a little too long and Nick Foley got on the mic and said, some of us would like to go home on time. So <laughs> it's just funny. We went to this uh, wrestling show at a high school gymnasium, you know, like they did. And uh, this was, I don't know, this was, you know, like, I was with Athena, so this was in the last 10 years. This was a few years ago, probably like 13 or 14 or whatever around there. And um, I, had, I had done some, uh, I had taken some edibles. Yeah, and I also uh, no, they were actually like THC pills. I think I think it was like uh -huh. THC pills, right? So I took those, and then it had like a vape pen, and I was like just hitting the vape pen, just hitting the vape pen, and I got to the point where I was like, I was like pretty fucked up, right? To where like I was not having a good time. It was a second match. The second match in, I was not having a good time, and so I'm like, okay, go to the bathroom. Put some water in your face, recuperate, mm -hmm. and we got this. You know, just just take a quick little intermission. You know, go take a walk, get some air, and we got this. And so I'm like, just beyond fucked up. And I walk out of the gymnasium into the hallway area, and I'm going to the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, I see all these people around the corner, um, a bunch of people like walking, like like they're walking like somebody, right? And I'm standing there, and I'm like looking, and it's they're they're all walking with Ric Flair. Oh, that's awesome. I was sitting there in this like daze and like the world is standing still. And I just see Ric Flair walking towards me. And like he got close enough to where like, you know, he was right next to me. And I'm just standing there going, holy shit. And Ric Flair just walked right past me. That was like, that was a pretty big moment for me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, professional wrestling has like it's it's been a con it's like magic and dinosaurs. It's always been like a constant. I'm not really good with like dates, but I remember a lot of facts and storylines. That's sort of my thing. And I think when it comes down to it is I love organic storylines. Like I like the storylines that you do. It's like two people had a match and then boom, it turned into like a six month thing but you knew it was never meant to um you know it was never meant to be like eugene like eugene is my favorite storyline you know eugene with him, jonathan coachman and i don't think people give jonathan coachman enough credit he was a really good bad guy he, he was, was a really good uh, everything he did he was really good you know, I thought he was a pretty good announcer. A lot of people should on him, but yeah. I think he's pretty good. But he was—he was better than Shane. Yeah, he was. 
I'll take him over Michael Cole to this day. Well, you know, it's like Michael Cole's Michael Cole. I'm not, I never talk crap about Michael Cole because I'm pretty sure he's just doing the best he can. And yeah, yeah he is. Um, I think my favorite wrestling announcer of all time had to be Joey Styles. Yeah, me too. When he when he hit the oh my god, you yeah. know, you knew, you knew, and there were two oh my gods. There was the oh my god that was probably written on the paper, and then there was just the oh my god. He actually thought the person died. Joey you know, there Styles were- is the only person that I had ever seen able to carry a three-hour pay-per-view with the one-man commentary team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was amazing. Joey Styles was amazing. And he wasn't afraid to get in the ring, and he wasn't afraid to... He he was... When it comes to an announcer, he he could do color commentary, and he, he just... He was like everything you would want in a commentator uh obviously bobby the brain heenan he's another he's a, he's another one that i really like yeah bobby bobby heenan is really what made me fall in love with wrestling because i like humor i like comedy and bobby was just so funny like yeah he, i feel like some of the things he said man in an era that bobby heenan wasn't in i don't know if i would have continued watching it you know yeah because bobby he, oh man when he wrestled, when he was uh, Andre the Giant's uh, manager, that was awesome. You know, he was. Oh, my, he was my oldest memory with wrestling, Paul, is Survivor Series uh, 88 or 89. Yeah. And it was um, Bobby Heenan. It was a Survivor Series match. Bobby Heenan was in the match and he was dressed like Andre the Giant with a little singlet with the one strap. Yeah. And I remember Warrior chasing him around the ring. And that's like my first, first like memory of wrestling. And like in his time, he was a very good wrestler. Like he did it all. Yo, yeah, you know? he did. The weasel. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed Piper as a heel commentary for a oh, while. Oh yeah, man. You I loved it. That that thing he just kept hitting. Um, he just, he kept hitting Jimmy Snuka with things. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, they continued that for years and years, like yeah. decades. Like it's a running joke. Like even you know later on. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> um, Bob Backlund. What is one of your favorite storylines? Oh, um, well, okay, so my my favorite storyline. For me is Eugene. Eugene. I like Otis and the other guy, the guy who pretended he he would only wrestle if you hit the bell. Oh, you know who that is? Um, Festus. Festus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that guy. You know who that is now? Oh yeah, it's uh the Lou Gallows. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like I told you the names. Oh yeah, I mean no, as long as you know, that's all that's all good. It's great for a wrestling podcast. Who do you like? Uh, the guy with the face. The guy, <laughs> you know, the bald guy with the guy with no yeah. hair. Get a goatee. Stone Cold? No, not him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, D- Dilberg was one of the things that made me laugh every single time. Yeah, Gilbert was funny. Dil, oh, G- Gil. Yeah, I like that. I call. I you know, call what's funny Dilberg. is, um, so Jericho 
he used to do this Goldberg thing where he had a guy named Green. And at the time, I didn't get it. I didn't get the joke, you know, because when you call somebody in wrestling, when you call somebody green, you're yeah. saying that they're just like, you know, they're all new. They're just they're just getting their feet wet with this. And so he called him Greenberg. So I didn't get the bigger joke. I didn't get the bigger joke until just recently. <laughs> and that's from like from like 98. I think um the early 90s, like 91, 92, 93. Yeah. And in the late 90s, like 96, 97, 98, is yeah. like my favorite time in wrestling. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite, like when me and my dad used to wrestle, you know, there was Earthquake. There was, um, okay, so there was, okay, so there was Tugboat, Earthquake, uh, Hillbilly Jim, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. There was Sergeant Slaughter. There was Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund has to be one of my favorite insane characters of all time. Yeah, he makes me laugh. He doesn't know what he's, you know, but he is deadly with that submission, man. Oh, uh, what was that one hard chicken wing or? Uh, yeah. the cross face chicken wing. Yeah, man, he boom, he just put that on you. Yeah. Um, um, there was a Royal Rumble like 93, 94, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think they were watching it a couple years ago uh, where they're like, oh my God, Bob Backlund is so old. He's so old, you guys. He's like 41. He's so old. He's 41. He was like 30 something. No, I think he was <laughs> late 40, early Heck 40s. Young. And it's just funny because like now AJ Styles is older than Bob Backlund was then. Yeah, and Bob Backlund can still wrestle. <laughs> that's the crazy Probably part. You bet's Mr. Bob Backlund now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Mr. Um, I liked, uh, you know, I, you know, it's like me growing up in the late '80s and early '90s. All the wrestlers I grew up watching had jobs. Like, there's a, yeah, you know, the, the, it was like a, there's like okay, so this guy's a construction worker, and this guy works for the I, IRS. Great character, by the way. This guy um, over here is a um, a correctional officer. Yeah, and it's so funny because the Undertaker hung him like hung him from a cage, like straight up put a noose around his neck and raised the steel cage. Yeah. You don't do that anymore. You can, the wrestling me and you saw this next generation is never going to be, they're only going to experience it on YouTube. They don't know that, that the undertaker almost murdered the big boss man, like legit almost killed him. Well, speaking of the big boss man, a lot of people don't know that Al Snow ate his own dog. Al Snow? Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Snow is feeding with Big Boss Man. Yeah. And Al Snow had a dog named Pepper. Yeah. And then um, Al Snow said, Pepper was the hardcore dog. So he's like, hey, Pepper, stay here. I'm going to go find a table for you to jump through. And he walks off, and then Big Boss Man steals him. And he's like, if you want your, if you want your dog back, you got to go to my hotel room. And then Al Snow comes to the hotel room and Big Boss Man's like, all right, before I give your dog, have some dinner. And he opens his tray and it was like this food and Al Snow starts eating it. He's like, you're eating your dog, you're eating your dog. And then Al Snow's like vomiting in the corner. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but they can't do that nowadays. Oh, no, yeah. They can't do enough. Like that thing with Kane and that girl that, that, that apparently, like 
There is some story. There are some storylines from WWE that they probably like everyone to forget about. <laughs> like the Mark Henry hand thing with um May Young. May Young. Uh, that was really have you seen uh they'll bring an adult man dressed like a hand and be like, I'm May Young's son. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I I like that. I, I mean, remember, it's the, um, the whole. Do you remember when she gave birth to a hand? Yeah, I never got it. Like apparently, the 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 as far as I know, like the punchline was like she, she finally gave birth and it was a hand, and it was like looking at the hand, and then somebody says, "Let's give this lady a hand," and they all started clapping. I guess that's the punchline, but it just it wasn't. It's not to this day. It's just not funny to me. No, it wasn't. It was disturbing, and they should be ashamed. Let's hand. But you, but uh, on another uh, note, one of the really cool storylines is: Do you remember uh, in TNA the guy with one leg? Yeah, um, not Zach Gowan, uh, Chris Melendez. Yeah, he was amazing because. I, I like I like storylines. That's why I always got into Lucha Libre too, is because they there was like definitive good guys and definitive bad guys. Mm-hmm. You knew this guy in this mask was a, a a bad guy, and this guy over here in the white mask was good. And I I love Lucha. You know the fact that. Oh, go ahead. Finish. No, no, you can go. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I grew up watching. Lucha Libre on the Spanish channels, and I, I don't I don't speak Spanish. I don't know Spanish, but like you don't need to know the language to watch oh, yeah. because, like you said, you know this guy's a good guy, you know this guy's a bad guy, and you just see what they do in the ring. Yeah, my favorite thing about Lucha Libre is the backstories of the character. It's like Doctor Wagner Junior. is he's just he's just like he's just like a ripped doctor that does Lucha Libre. I love it. There's just something magical about it. Um, the Lucha guys that come out now, they're just, they're in, it's, it's insane because yeah. the amount it's, it's, you have to be an acrobat. You have to be, uh, you know, we'll look at uh Pentagon and uh race. Oh my God. Pentagon is so good. Yeah, they really are. Those two are really good. I liked uh, La Parca. He was one of my favorite guys in, WCW, I like, WCW. Yeah, WCW. They called him the chairman because he would always come out. His matches with Psychosis and um, Juventud Guerrero and like the okay. So I will say this: the cruiserweight division in WCW when I was growing up was secondhand the best cruiserweight division. Yeah, they would they would pull. They had Ultimo Dragon. They had Jushin Thunder Liger. They had Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, Billy Kidman, um, Jerry Lynn, Rey Mysterio, Dean Malenko. Oh yeah, and and it's so funny because it's I like um, for a while, I think. Yeah, and it's like they would just bring in the they would bring in the Lucha guys, man, and the the things they do like. <laughs> But I always like psychosis with it, with the mask. And it's like, well, I don't see how he can see, but that's awesome. See, the thing was, um, when we were in, in that era, the 90s, 
the Monday Night War, um, WWE's stance was, you know, spectacular main events. And then WCW's stance on it was all around the card. Yeah. So WCW lacked a lot in the main event. It was like Hogan and Piper, Hogan and Flair, you know, like it wasn't like Austin and Shawn Michaels or The Undertaker and The Rock, you know. And so the WWF had the main events, but WCW was the king of the undercard. Uh, yeah, I mean, even like, like Raven and Saturn and all these guys, yeah. Goldberg, like, you know, it was just, it was a lot of fun. The Steiners, you know, um, yeah. I remember when I remember when Scott Steiner went from looking like a normal person to uh, X Men character. You remember that when he was just like a normal guy, and then he was beyond ripped, ripped beyond anybody well, ever. If you went back to 1993 and you looked at a tape of the Steiner brothers as the WWF Tag Team Champions, yeah. You're gonna go, wow! I didn't realize he was that ripped in '93. Oh, uh, okay. Because he was pretty damn ripped in '93, and at the time, like you know, I guess I didn't realize it because I remember one day going, "Where did he come from?" But he's always yeah. been pretty ripped. Yeah, they had they had one of my favorite um, finishers. I loved the. Well, I the loved, was called. Yeah, the first. No, Scott's thing was the Frankensteiner, wasn't it? Oh, the Steiner line. Yeah. I think it was a Steiner line. I don't know. The Steiner recliner? That was a that was a camel clutch. And um all Scott Steiner also did the Steiner screwdriver. Yeah. I don't know how he got away with not hurting anybody, but <laughs> uh you never know. You never know. Uh should we wrap this up? Where are we? Yeah, I gotta go eat. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been we've been here for a little over an hour. Um, Paul Kilmer, thank you. It's been a lot of fun talking wrestling with you. Um, people can find you on social media. Uh, where? Oh, you can find me at paulkilmer.com. I mean, I have Paul Kilmer Facebook at Paul Kilmer and all my things. Yeah. So, there's no Paul Kilmer. Paul Kilmer. Paul Kilmer five on Instagram, I think. Yeah, Paul Kilmer five. I've got to get to making them all the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, follow, uh, subscribe to Hates Me Paul to hear more Paul conversations, and then also subscribe to Pro Wrestling Nation to hear more wrestling stuff. I do plan on doing more. I have a lot of interviews that are in the can that I've that I used to have up but aren't up anymore that I may just you know, put out like a Tio Santana interview, like I said, and um, Diana Hart, I have a three-part Diana Hart interview. It was three hours. I interviewed Diana Hart for three hours a few years back. And then I also have an interview with Kid Cash that's never seen the day of light. Um, so I got to put that up. That's years old, though. It's like from the 2016. I never did anything with it. So I got some stuff to do, you guys. I got some stuff to do. Um, so Pro Wrestling Nation, at PW on Podcast on Twitter. Uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you very much to Paul, uh, at Paul Kilmer, on everything that exists on social media. And thank you very much. No problem.